What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity. My name is Colby. I am kind of a professional podcast host now, and you can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains, all one word. Well, it's in my Twitter bar, bio, and I'm, I'm probably going to put it on my resume. So, I mean, <laughs> it is on my resume that I've sent to many employers. Might as well tell it like it is. My name is Dave Rivera, and you can find me on Twitter at d underscore river underscore o. What it is, everybody? It's your boy Maverick. You can find me at social media on social media at heartbreak two underscore kid. I'm Aaron. I'm really tired. You can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. We have merch. We do. We have merch. Yes, our pin tweet on our on Twitter right now is a sticker. Woo! We some high rollers. We should make some more stickers. We should make some more stickers. It's a sticker. I hardly even know her. What? Yes. Ba, 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 da. There are so Aww. many. There are oh, so that's many only because you can't fix the soundboard, can you? You want to do the, the software? You want to be the producer? You're, this is, you're the sound man. I'm saying that you better keep my name out your fight, mentions. Fight, 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 fight. No, fight. your brother needs to keep David out of it. <laughs> when you're doing the sound, then you can put my name in your mentions. You you dodged my question about your brother. Though, I said to David, I asked him, when right before we started, I said, "Are you gonna challenge Andrew to a fight?" And he said he didn't care. <laughs> I don't care that much about some crappy chili, man. <laughs> it's not crappy though. It's okay. It's I know it's hard to accept, man, but it's all right. It's good. If the thing that you're known for is your chili, and yeah. like you serve other food, that is no, that they only serve chili. It's a chili restaurant, Skyline Chili. Bless y'all's heart. Yeah. You have not had Skyline. I just, I'm just laughing at the fact that people from Ohio think they know good food. <laughs> Skyline is you're good in, food. You're in North Carolina, dude. You're in the South. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. That's a good response from someone with no argument. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what's your argument? I, I don't know what your southern food is. Just genuinely the, better the, than anything. The food down here offer. is better than anything that y'all have up there. I don't know about that anything. I'm really missing Skyline right now. <laughs> I taught Aaron what dirty rice was today. Really? I still don't get it. Like, I understand it, but I don't get it. It's rice with stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's rice with stuff That's in it. That's all you need to know. Like, all the spices and stuff make it look dirty. Like, it's not white. It's dirty rice. Okay. You just haven't had good food. It's okay. Well, we're getting we, there. We're, I mean, we're getting we've there. introduced to Bojangles and Cookout. Yeah, we're we're getting there. I should let you try some. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I right. mean, we don't have it here, and I didn't try it earlier, so I don't really have an opportunity at the moment. True, true, true. So, I did guess you start the timer. Yes, I did. I started it forty seconds ago. Tag. <laughs> I don't even know how to. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to like, segue from that. How to segue <laughs> because it's getting a lot sadder. <laughs> we're Do trying we, to be. We're trying to stall. Spirited. We're tr- we're trying to stall. Uh, the UNC men's basketball. We were season. stalling. I was. I that flew way over my head that we were stalling from that. It's okay, buddy. We'll we'll give you a, we'll give you about ten seconds to catch up. Uh, UNC men's basketball season has come to a close um, in the round of thirty-two about a week ago. Uh, All around me go. are familiar faces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Heels lost to Texas A&M. 
Uh, there's really not much to say about that game except that I it think, was. I think it would have been less frustra- uh, frustrating if Texas A&M would have won the next game, but they got just like just slapped by Michigan, like, and it wasn't even close. Yeah, and so it just it just means it just makes it even more frustrating because like we had an off game coupled with the fact that there's that Texas A&M size was just way too much for anything that we could have thrown at them. Yeah. It was just, it was a perfect storm. Like it was just not good. Yeah. We knew that there was problems with being small ball and they, I think they caught up in that game. I, um, I'm going to take Roy's advice and not look at box scores because box scores are for losers. <laughs> I was about to pull up the box score. And then I, 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 <laughs> I mean, also, we we weren't doing ourselves any favors. We were not making shots. Yeah, uh, nothing was falling. And then, like when we're a team that gets behind, we only shoot threes because that's the only thing we think can close a lead. And so we were, we were completely taken out of our offensive scheme. Yep, and. We lost. Yeah. yeah. We lost. We lost. And, I mean, we were one of the 32 teams left in a 351-team league. So, I say that's pretty dang good. And if we're being honest, like, if, if we go back to our one of our first podcasts, I mean, I think most of us put us about the round of 32 to the second weekend. Yeah, as the season went on, I kind of was leaning towards more, like, Sweet 16, Elite 8. Potentially, with just the potential that we were showing, but I mean, this is a—it's a tournament of matchups, and we drew probably the worst possible matchup we probably mm-hmm. we possibly could have. Like, I feel confident that we—I think we could have beat Michigan, yeah. and I think we could have beaten um, uh, was it K State? No, that was Chicago. Well, Chicago. Who did Michigan play? Michigan played. You see Florida how quickly we stopped? Florida, yeah, Florida, State. Florida State. Florida State. I mean, I feel like if, yeah. like round two, we would have beaten Florida State. So it's like, I feel like Texas A&M was the roadblock to to a, a long, tourney run. But, you know, this team showed that they weren't as consistent as past teams. And, you know, when you rely on the three-point shot, it's, it's do or die. And it was death by firing squad <laughs> yeah. from Texas A&M. Like, we could not hit anything. And they were just destroying us in the paint. They were hitting all their threes, and it was just a no bueno time. Like, and that's why we really didn't know where we were going to be, like where we were going to end up in the tournament, how well we were going to do, because we didn't know how high the ceiling was going to be for us this year. It ended up being higher than, I think, than we expected, uh, but the floor was definitely a lot lower, especially when so- shots aren't falling. I mean, I, we, unfortunately, that was a four. I was nervous for that Lipscomb game. Yeah, like I don't know about y'all, but like I was like, ooh, like we could, we could lose this, like yeah. before the game, like during the game, it looked, it was very obvious, like who the better team was, but it's like, it's March, you know, you never know. Luckily, we weren't on the receiving end of the of the worst uh, upset of the. Yeah, at least we're not tournament. UVA. Yeah, we'll get to them in a second. Oh yeah, um, go Retrievers. But something that Adam Lucas and Jones Angel said is that the margin of error for this team is a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. It was a lot smaller than it yep. has been for past teams. The past two years, we didn't have to play our best game to win. Mm-mm. And we often didn't play our best game and still won by double digits. Because we didn't have to shoot well. Because like, yeah. we had 
ridiculous offensive rebounding numbers. And we're a very solid defensive team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was actually an, uh, an observation I was making during the game. I just couldn't stop thinking to myself, this is what it's like to face a team with a front court that just is unstoppable. It must be so yeah, frustrating. I'm like, you feel helpless? You feel like you can't do anything? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, now I know what everybody felt like playing, <laughs> playing Kennedy us. Meeks and Isaiah Hicks. Tony Bradley. And Tony Bradley. And Bryce Johnson. Right. Ooh, Bryce Johnson. <laughs> the list goes on and like, on and on. Because that, that's not a good feeling. <laughs> How do y'all think that it, this tournament would have gone if we had, or this year would have gone if we still had Tony Bradley? I think we might still be in the tournament. It's hard to look back at it now. It, it, I mean, it's, it's just, it's all for, you know, yeah. hypotheticals. But I think we could have made a very, like, solid stretch run in the tournament. Even I, made a Final Four, potentially. Because that solves a lot of the issues I think we wouldn't we have, have to. Play, we wouldn't have. We wouldn't have to play small ball. We no. literally we'd have a true center in the middle that we could start, and you know the bigs would the the freshman bigs would have the room and the the leniency to develop instead of being thrown into you know whatever this season was, which was like it kind of the same thing that happened to our football team a little bit, where it was like we just need to throw bodies in there because it's like <laughs> we need people in there. <laughs> Which is why I tried to not be as critical of the bigs this year because I yeah, know yeah. with no veteran leadership other than Luke, uh, and I mean Luke's a four in his own right, and so I don't like said, a stretch with, for it. With no it. true yeah. like center like to learn under, I wasn't expecting them to do much, but I, they very much exceeded my expectations for their first years given I, their pedigree coming in. I see the potential. Yeah, I, I think Garrison Brooks is a great defender for his age. Um, and when he puts some more muscle on and, you know, he'll, he'll get that, that verticality that he's looking for. And he can, he's shown some bounce this season. So it's like, I think once he gets, he like, well, he, now that he has a season under him, like, I feel like now he can really yeah. make that jump. And then Sterling is, is, you know, probably the rawest, but the raw of the two, but I feel like has the higher ceiling just because of his size. And he has shown that he has some good touch, like in the post. And Aaron and I were talking to my dad on the way over here about how, I mean, Huff still has yeah. some growing to do. Yeah. 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 I think he has a very, very high ceiling. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that someone that athletic at the center position automatically gives you a very high ceiling because if he develops some post moves, he could be unguardable with how high he can jump and how fast he is mm-hmm. for someone his size. He just needs to put some moisturizer on and soften up those hands. <laughs> he has- like I say about... How Josh Allen has the tools to be the next great NFL quarterback, except that he's bad at football. I think Brandon Huffman has all the tools to be one of the great Carolina centers, except that he's kind of iffy at basketball. See, and I thought Sterling Manley was going to be the one that was kind of like, well, he has all the tools, but he's going to be very, like, he's just bad at basketball. But actually, I thought he was probably our best option at center. I mean, that was the big thing because in his recruiting process, I mean, his junior year, and he had broken legs. Yeah. And so it wasn't a thing that he was a lowly ranked recruit. It was that he was scouts didn't get anything on him because he was injured. He was injured. Yeah. So the Heels finished the season 26-11. and 11. So let's, let's look back a little bit. Yeah, I'm pulling up the schedule now. Yeah, I, I have the full schedule up right now. We... Started the season as expected, maybe better than expected. I think better. That way, yeah. Up until late December, you know, that PK-80 tournament was going to be our, okay, let's see how good this team actually is. We got spanked by Michigan State Well, on the aberration of a shooting night, when which we 
held a very good Michigan State team to 63 points. I thought defensively it was a good game, and then we just we just couldn't hit. And that kind of set the tone for the year where we struggled against length. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. teams that were long, we struggled against, like, per, uh, like, Michigan State, FSU, Texas A&M. Like, those kind of teams are the teams that we struggled against this year. Miami, um, even though that was a last-second shot. But we were down, what, 16, 18 at one point against that, against Miami? Yeah. And then that's when the kind of the story of the year happens in that next month where we beat a number 20 Tennessee team on the road and then come back home and lose to Wofford. Yeah. Like that, those two games right there are a microcosm for our entire season. Yeah, honestly. It just never managed to put it all the way together. Yeah, I would agree. But I had I still had fun this season. I had a lot of fun this season. A lot of ups and downs, but we beat Duke twice. <laughs> yeah, we beat Duke for the yeah. first I'm time now since 2009 f- that we've beaten Duke twice in a season. Yeah. I'm now up to 500 against Duke in my Carolina career. We finished four and six yeah. in our careers, which is yeah. I mean, given <laughs> the last couple of years of the UNC Duke rivalry, how they've controlled most of it, I, I'll take that. I'll take it. There was a that what was that one? What was a three game losing streak that it started to that started to wear on me a little bit. It was like we lost. It was to, our first. It was three. your first three, right? Yeah, yeah. we hadn't had a because three game losing streak yet. We all but had all three of those ones at different points in the game. Mm-hmm. It was NC State, uh, Clemson, and Virginia Tech started. It. Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech State, and then Clemson. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. And. Uh, that was a low point, and then we go on this this crazy freaking winning streak, including we, wins at state, which turned out to be, you know, a pretty good team, a better team than we expected them to be. It would beat Duke. It started with Pitt beat Duke the next week, beat NC State, beat Notre Dame at home, um, beat Louisville, beat Syracuse, and then ended up losing to Miami um, on senior night. But, I mean, I'll take – I mean – We had a little bit of a Theo Pinson flourish season in the middle there. I am all aboard <laughs> the Theo Pinson draft train. He needs to get drafted. If Andre Roberson has a spot in the NBA, then there's Theo surely, Pinson deserves a spot. Surely somewhere for Theo. Draymond Light deserves a spot. <laughs> Unsweetened Draymond Light. <laughs> Boneless Draymond. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I – yeah, we put it didn't, the, didn't end like we wanted to. Got to the last day of the ACC tournament. Yeah, it was gave gave UVA kind of a run for their money. It's like didn't get blown out by UVA. Mm-hmm. Like we were within what at least two a bunch. Yeah. And but uh, like I said, we got a full trip to Brooklyn for the ACC tournament. Yeah, a lot of fun up there. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like after playing fourth game in a row and then going up against a team like Virginia, you're going to get tired. And they, whether they want to admit it or not, they were gassed. Uh, but very much over over uh, went above expectations in the ACC tournament, but then kind of even maybe out. underperformed in the NCAA tournament. But that's up for debate because depending on how your outlook was for the season, like at the beginning of the season, like we had fans that were like, "We're going to lose to Duke twice. We're probably going to get bounced uh, first or second round of the ACC <laughs> tournament. Probably going to get bounced in the first or second week." We're say there's we're someone at this table. <laughs> What? Or, or someone on the podcast is going to say to the public that we're going to be an eight seed. I was going to say someone at this table. 
Listen, I said that said there were highs and lows. There were two more wins. There were the rest highs of the and season. there were highs and lows. This, well, okay, no wait, that was that all was of me. us. That was no, <laughs> that was not me. You it was like, me. You were like, they we're going to win twice in the next eight games <laughs> or something like that. Not to exclude you, Aaron, but just us talking, the three of us, in our four-year four period. I have to say, I think this is the best four years of Carolina basketball since 2009. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is uh, a lot our, of winning. Like 09 to 12? 09. Maybe or, 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 or basically the Tyler Hansbro because the 2010 season was in there, so never. I, I would say yeah. the Tyler Hansbro era, yeah, mm-hmm. like the best four years, and because not only the success of those four years, but also the players. So we got two of the best sets of duos, especially since HB, like the 2012 squad, in both Marcus Page and Bryce Johnson and Joel Berry, Theo Pinson. Yeah. The, the overall success of the teams, two Final Fours, uh, what were. Three ACC championship games were ACC term champions in 2016, two ACC regular season championships, uh, two Final Fours. We only, we didn't, this was the only year that we didn't make the Sweet 16 at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm just imagining a, a senior Joel Berry, a senior Mark, or probably maybe I'll take, dun- I'll take junior sophomore Marcus Page, uh, a senior Bryce Johnson, a senior Theo Pinson. Are you doing like an all? Yeah, like all in the last four years, four years team. team, and then like oh Edson, man, and like put in like uh, like Kennedy or or uh, or, uh, or Isaiah. Isaiah, like one of the two, and that's a squad, man. <laughs> that's a squad. Imagine having Theo passing it, like lobbing it up to to Bryce. Theo would come off like the bench. Thing. You think so? Yeah, because Justin's well, yeah, in there. We got Jack yeah, back. I, I Remember, we have this guy named Justin Jackson. I don't even, I just, so see, that's the, the thing. Though, like, the, I didn't even think about Justin. That's yeah. that's not like that. It's not like I'm forgetting about Justin. Like, he was obviously a big part of the team. But, like, I just, like, it slipped my mind because he was he left so, early for the draft. So I was like. I mean, we, we've we been very blessed in our four years. Marcus on the bench and start uh, but, that's a That's a valid, that's a valid argument. Because when we got here, there were some very tough times. For Carolina basketball, mm-hmm. probably the dark one, well, some of the darkest days of Carolina basketball, and especially coming off the heels of some of the worst seasons in decades. Coming off the heels, uh, <laughs> ha, 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 ha. I, I swear I did not even try to get that one. <laughs> no, I tweeted. Um, I tweeted this out. I was like, Joel, Justin, and Theo's recruiting class was the most important recruiting class, probably like one of the top, like most important recruiting recruiting classes in, in UNC history, just because like they believed in the program and probably one of the darkest times like where we didn't think we were gonna get recruits just because this cloud was hanging over us and, and they had faith in roy in the program and and to win a championship and yeah and to have that all culminate in a championship a redemption tour championship at that like yeah it's been fun I'm, it's I'm, it's I'm been proud fun. to be a part of that that class and yeah. seeing and seeing this tournament it's like it kind of highlights how hard it is to get to a to a championship game, let alone go back to back in championship games, and then a third time even. So yeah, so. we we gotta let other people have their fun, like Loyola Chicago. <laughs> you want to do your Loyola Chicago first? Yeah, let's get it. Uh, I'm tired of Sister Jean. We can't even leave with their basketball <laughs> like playing. Like we can't yeah, leave with you're com- the you're point. Com- no, that that's you're you're perpetuating your own issue because you're complaining about them not. Can you name um, anybody on their team? Can you name anyone on their team? No, because they keep showing freaking Sister Jean everywhere. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is that you're complaining about 
them only showing Sister Jean, and then you bring up Sister Jean before saying anything else about the team. You're because that is how everyone is treating Sister Jean. I wish I could talk about the team. I wish I knew anything about this team except for freaking Sister Jean. They're from, that was a nice poem. They're they're from Chicago. But she turned her hat backwards, Colby. She turned her hat backwards. She's 98. She is OG. Let she, her have her fun. She would not hesitate to hit you with a ruler, and you know that. Let her have her fun. <laughs> She's just trying to live the rest of her life. No, that's, this is what the tournament's all about. Is That's a true Cinderella right there, because they're, they're an 11 seed. This is the highest seed to make a Final Four since Syracuse did in 2016, being the 10 seed. Uh, I, I, I already called it. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but Loyal Chicago will beat Duke in the national championship. Oh, my God. I mean, the last time they won a championship, they beat Duke on the way to get there. Yeah, they beat Duke in the 1963 Final Four by 20, so we have to adjust for 1963 basketball inflation. Yeah, there's some inflation there. Uh, And then they beat Cincinnati in the national championship with Oscar Robertson on the team. Hmm. So, go Ramblers. Are we, uh, are we, like, have people forgotten about Gonzaga? Like, do people, like, here's, okay, here's the thing. Because, like, now that they've, they've, they broke through the barrier, they made it to a championship game. Even though they lost, last year they made it to a championship game. But it's like, I didn't hear anything about, like, you, like I feel like every year before this, Gonzaga was, like, the team that everyone's like, oh, man, like, they can make a Final Four, final four run. Like, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're this little, this, this Cinderella, this, this mid-major team, and they can get to the Final Four, and yada, 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 yada. And this year it was like, yeah. Gonzaga. Um, 20 points in March 1963 is 163.27 points in um, 2018 basketball. See? That's crazy. The numbers don't lie. I don't know. I mean, but, yeah, they, I feel they like were like us in that they lost their players, and they're not, unfortunately, I just feel still like nobody, not in our, in our tier. I just feel like nobody cared about them this year. Now, I feel like that's like they're slowly, it's going gonna, it's slowly gonna to dwindle because they were always like the team that you could root for because they never had any success. They were just like, oh, you know, try again next year. And it's it's like, just like Butler. Yeah, it's the opposite of like our, our problem is like we're we still have the media coverage because we're North Carolina. Whereas, yeah. remember, even going thirty three and one last year, uh, and what the it, like before the tournament, they still were trying to gain the respect of people. Mm-hmm. And even making mm-hmm. a Final Four, even making the national championship game, there are still people like that's yeah, just Gonzaga. Yeah. Like, so especially not having a hot team that had struggles in, in a smaller conference. They're not going to catch on, I think, as much. Uh, we we have gone over the actual big story, I think, of the tournament. The biggest upset. In, in the, tournament history. In tournament history. What's the... I would say 163 in one or 160-something in one? 163 straight games. Yeah, in one. The 16-seeded University of Maryland, Baltimore County, defeated... The University of Virginia. They are now the University of Maryland. The other one is University of Maryland College Park now. They are are UAC. (laughs) The first time that a 16 seed has defeated a number one seed. And it was awesome to watch. Yeah, did y'all like actually sit and watch that game? Yeah, I I turned it on at halftime because my dad and I were watching the... There were eight games that night, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, they're tied at halftime. Let's watch the beginning of the second half. Well, it was eight games at night because it's eight afternoon, eight night, eight afternoon, eight night for the 32 total games on Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Whatever. So anyways. Misunderstood. I told my my dad to turn on the game because I was like, it's tied at halftime. Let's see if they can stay in it for the second half. And 
my jaw was literally on the ground for the last 15 minutes of the game. Yeah. Because they, they started on, what, a 15-0 run, 12-0 run? Mm-hmm. And I, was, I said to my dad, this could actually happen. And I was in disbelief the whole time. I didn't think it was real until there were like four minutes left and they were up by well, 20 years. I told you if they were still up at the under eight, I would start believing a little bit. And it was the under eight. And I was like, they're, they're still up right now. Like, this could happen. I did not tweet about it until like four minutes left. I was like, I'm not going to be on old takes exposed. Oh, but, I didn't. Uh, I, didn't t- <laughs> I, 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 I don't think I tweeted anything. Like, but y'all can probably check their, you can check them in. Check the receipts. Check the receipts. <laughs> um, but I mean, we were texting in the group chat. Yeah, Bomani, Bomani Jones on Twitter brought up the point that Tony Bennett's playing style is very effective at times, but it is also outdated, and it will only continue to be more outdated as teams start shooting more and more threes. Because that's how you beat the pack line. You shoot over it. And, and it's like, it was, go ahead. They go hit ahead. their Cinderella shots like that had no business going in that, yeah and that's what i've said the whole time is that yes pack line it's hard for a lot of teams but all it's going to take is to catch that one team that just can't miss uh from three and they're it's they're going to beat them and unfortunately it was to a 16 seed and they were en fuego yes no they, they hit After a lot that, of shots they had no that business. one foul and then uh what was his name his last name was uh, Lyles or something Ly- like that. No, Lyles is, is was from. Wait, no, no that's Lyles? Lyles. Okay, Gary's okay. Lyles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lyles. There's so, like his took, name. He took those two <laughs> extra steps and then, for fun, took that three falling out of bounds. Oh yeah, and he and drained he, that. He, when you're hot, you're hot, man. Like <laughs> that's one of those shots in 2K that you make after the buzzer, and it carries over your play and being hot to the next half. So <laughs> we had just finished Lipscomb, and all the band people were chilling in the hotel, and. Uh, we were all in our respective places and groups watching the game. And the more the game started getting to the end, everybody started convening together and started seeing each other like, you know, see what's going on? Here? <laughs> yeah, and then we, the, the band had the <laughs> banquet room uh, that was next to the basketball team. That room was shaking. <laughs> and uh, one person in particular, apparently Aaron Roman was losing his mind <laughs> over the game. We're like, we're in our room, they were in their room, and then everybody goes nuts. I was actually downstairs with several other people watching with uh, Jonas Serration, who's the conditioning coach. Then we all went upstairs, and all the players walked out, and all, we all walked out, and we're like, what's up? <laughs> hey. I said I'd say hello to Luke, because Luke said hi to me. Uh, tried to act cool, because I was around band kids and whatnot. Here you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, side, side, like quick aside. Duke just switched to a one-three-one zone. Oh, jeez! And they, they're evolving. <laughs> but, uh, it was cowardice is evolving. They're evolving. It, it was a fun environment though to watch that game. Do you think one-three-one is more or less of a coward zone than a two-three? Ooh, that's a good question. I think it's a less cowardly of a zone because it's harder to play one-three-one. I feel like you go to the one three one when the two three isn't is working. It working. Yeah, that's the backup to the backup. <laughs> You're, I don't know because <laughs> you go to zone when your man to man's not working. You go to one three one when your two three zone's not working. The box and one, do it. Do the box and one. One three one is. I don't think you could run a one three one for a whole game. Mm-mm, no way. You West better Virginia not, used to. You better not let them cut to a basket on a one three one. Well, that, and Malik uh, Newman is a cutter, and he yeah. can attack the basket. 
So we'll see how that ends up going. You're very vulnerable We're all in a one through one If it works, it works, but like the pack line, it can get disastrous very quick. But yes, please, please do. Please keep playing the one through one Yeah, no. Teams are... Virginia isn't the only team that runs the pack line. Like, there are other teams that right. do it and do it Michigan well. Michigan sort of runs it. Uh, Michigan, State, State. Michigan State. Michigan State, State, State yeah. runs it. Um, Vermont runs it pretty well. So... We were, ta- we were talking about this with the, the pack line defense and saying that it's, like, outdated. Like, that's kind of the argument that, like, on a lesser degree that people say about Roy's defense on that overhelping, like, on hedging and, and yeah. overhelping on the perimeter. Just because, you know, teams are evolving to where, like, to make to make it to a D1 school, you have to be able to shoot threes at this point. Like, almost everyone, unless you're a true, like, a dominant center. But you have to have some kind of touch or or or, or, or perimeter shot to really make it. I mean, and we've it's like, about it. just, it's, yeah, we've already. I feel like I think we've already talked, but it's kind of the same, yeah. kind of the same thing, except to a lesser degree. Because like the, the the knock against Tony Bennett's system is that, you know, people keep saying like this isn't sustainable. For, it's sustainable for a regular season, but like when you're getting into tournament time, like you're not only playing good teams. Yeah, you're yeah. playing the best of the best at that point. You, you literally are only playing teams that can score more. Duke's up six right now. Kansas is up six. Kansas is up six right now. You said Duke's up six, and I almost had a heart attack. No. Wendell Carter so has four. what kind of four points or fouls? Fouls. Or fouls. 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 There's, what, 15 okay. minutes left? 16. 16 okay, minutes. so. It's Duke. They're going to. Anyways. Anyways. Run, so what kind of defense do you think they should play? Because I want. Well, what, what do you think is the modern, the quote-unquote modern defense? Because I, over spring break, I went to one of my high school basketball teams games and they play a very aggressive switch on every screen. And I would not want to do that because that puts you in some major mismatches. I think the pack line, um, what am I trying to say? Like ideology on the, on the screen is right, which is don't let the guy deny the screen, like force him to go through the screen and hedge hard. I think that works. I think what doesn't work about it is having to close out on every single shooter every single time. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't think there's a perfect defense. No, every oh, no, every defense so. has chinks in the armor. The the thing about basketball, which is different than football, is a great offense can be a great defense every, every single, single time. time. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Because if in, you're making your shots. There's no you can render it all for, like, good, for shots that go in the basket. I personally like man to man, but that's just an easy like. I mean, basic man to man. Like I like switching. Like I know you said yeah. that it leaves you vulnerable, but I like switching. But it kind of only works like if because like I don't like the whole, the the general consensus on defense is like you need to dare them to shoot threes. But now that's that is slowly not becoming. I hear. That. I hear it too. I was like, I'm here to trap beat behind. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like. Dare them to shoot the three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, daring teams to shoot the three is, is not a viable thing anymore. So it's like, you know. I was going to say, check your mic or Hold something. Hold on a second. <laughs> it's, not it's not any of us. <laughs> Whatever, we can keep talking. Whatever, I'll, yeah. I'll figure it out. So <laughs> call me a coward if you want, but I like sound. Um, like, or a coward. The and, people uh, that say they like zone are people that can't play defense. <laughs> I was good at defense at Juval. 
Notice how I said at Jubal. I didn't say overall. I mean, I am a decent defender, but like I'm going to get beat on defense. <laughs> throws, by in a good. Com- throws in a comment for himself. <laughs> I, think, I think it's just important as a coach. You, you have to take into account like what kind of players you have on a team. Well, yeah, but also I think like once you're there long enough and you can determine what kind of players you're getting, yeah. then and you it, can get players that fit your system. And I think this is different from a recreational to a college to even to a pro level. Like, well, yeah, you can't run zone in the pros. They're too good. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's no way. My problem with running zone as a base defense, because K did not start the season running a zone. No, they were running, they ran man-to-man. They were running man-to-man. I feel like when your base defense is a zone, <laughs> um, <laughs> like you're, you're handicapping your players to like unlock their full defensive potential because you're running that zone. You aren't prepared. Like if you want college to prepare your kids for the league, you are not – doing them any favors running a zone the entire time that's you're, true you're yeah, i think because optimally be- what i would do and it's kind of similar to what my high school did they ran on every made basket they ran uh i forget the havoc press or whatever the vcu oh okay yeah they ran that and i wouldn't run that exactly but i would run uh i would probably run a zone trapping press on made baskets and then in the half court I would not alternate, but I would do some sort of mix of a zone, a trapping zone and man. Hmm. But I think that a major issue is that if you don't commit to one, then you can't have a reasonable expectation for any of them to be good. I really like our, our scramble half court press. I, I think when it's deployed correct, when it's deployed correctly, like it's really effective. It's yeah. really effective. Like you can't do it a whole game, like by far. But my favorite defense is when Joel is the only one doing a full court press. I mean, well, <laughs> the, the thing about that when you're pressuring a man up the court the entire, like the entire time, even if you don't like force a turnover or whatever getting him to turn a couple times while they're trying to get the ball up the court, that takes it out of you over the course of a full game. So yeah. especially if you're like one of those teams that their guard runs the entire game and you can yeah. force him to do, have to like take his time bringing the ball up the court every time, that's going to wear on you. I agree. I think that focusing on little things is important. It's like during the UMBC game, I said in the group chat that they were rolling the ball in every time. And with the running clock and that got an extra three seconds off the clock every time before the shot clock started. And that adds up Mm -hmm. because over 20 possessions, that's a minute off the clock, which could have been two possessions. Are we done talking about defense? I think so. That was a fun conversation. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) One more, one more semi-substantial conversation. Are we going to stop pretending like coach Cal is a good coach now? I always said he's a good recruiter. He's not a good coach. I think he's good at what he does. Yeah. He, he's cooling off, I think, because it's a lot, because it's just no results. Like, well, because he, he's. Roy and Kate are at least getting results. He's getting these recruits and getting knocked out. Well, he's. He, here's the thing. He was in a division. He was in the, in the bracket. Sorry. He was in the region that had Virginia, Arizona. It was Kentucky, uh, what, Cincinnati was also in that bracket. Um, had all these teams, 
and they did not like they were they were at a point where they were not going to have to play a top four seed yeah. because they were all just beat up by, well, they all beat up on each like, other. If I remember right, when Virginia lost, a lot of people were saying it was now Kentucky's bracket to lose. Yeah, exactly. And so now, and then they run up against K State and they just look lost. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if it's, it's if, it, if it's a case of overlooking a team or, or, or feeling like they're like just going to waltz to the final four, but like. That, like I watched that game and it was bad. Like Kentucky just looked bad. One point game. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. There's that Duke run. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. But um, I think something that we said in the spring break pod came true that the higher seeds don't really know what to do with themselves when they when they're put when teams that don't normally get those high seeds are put in that situation didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. And then UMBC's goes to the Final Four. I just don't think that, like Coach Cal, I, I, I can predict how Coach, like how Kentucky's year is going to go every year. They're going to underperform a little bit. They're going to reach their potential towards the end of the year. Then they're going to get seated in a place where Coach or Coach Cal thinks that he's it's really unfair. He's going to complain about it at seven thirty every night on ESPN. And then they're going to make it to like they're going to win the first two games and then they're going to bounce. And I feel like that's like that's the recycle of of Kentucky right now. And it's the thing like he he doesn't have anyone other like to blame for it because like I said he, he's getting these five star one and done recruits uh, that are here for one season who are just looking towards the NBA, and he's criticizing their youth and inexperience as not be, being able to carry them to important victories and. That's the product of what you're. That's you what he's. He, that's what a team he's trying to make, and that's what he's going to get. Unless, unless he's just picking the best of the best every single time. I say that he knows what he, I, I. He's good at what he does because I'm not saying that he's not trying to win championships because I think that's disingenuous. Yeah. But I think his main goal is getting these kids to the league, which he does. He does it every year. Yeah. Because when we shifted to that, I don't think there is a better coach than him. Yeah, because he has now established himself as someone who can get to the league, and that's why all these kids are going to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Nothing against those kids. That's Every, what, if that's and, what they want to do, go, go. I think it's disingenuous, even for me. Like, and I sort of implied it by what I was saying, but saying that they don't want a championship either, they don't care. I think it's everybody wants to win. Yeah, and if, but it's more a thing if they don't, they're like it's not the end of the world. Exactly. Like we saw last year, like Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox. I was going like to say. They cared about yes. losing that game. Yes. I think that – I don't know if I would say that they're bad. It's just a team like Kentucky has a very high ceiling but also has a very low floor. It's the same kind of issue we were talking about all season with Duke where they don't have senior leaders. And I think we've seen over the past couple of years – that a team with veteran leaders is very important. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's weird that even, I think even Roy would probably disagree on that, though, in some senses. Because they've asked him that, the, especially like after they won the national championship last year. They asked him because I think the year before he was talking about like how he didn't value experience as much as other people think he does. Like, cause, and she asked him, uh, the reporter asked him to elaborate on it. It's like, well, look at the Oregon game. I, two of my senior players missed free throws with four under four seconds to go. Well, but Where, where's the veteran leadership in that? That's not necessarily what I mean in veteran leadership. I mean like that veteran leaders on the team teach 
the younger guys how to do things. It's it's I the think same. That's thing. a point, but I, I don't think veteran leaders necessarily need to be your best player. They just need to be the leader of the team. And because I think it's who is I, I don't think veteran leadership means hitting the free throws. That's being a good player. It doesn't matter whether you have a senior or a freshman hitting those free throws. I don't know. I would say experience involves stuff like that, where you know maybe your first year you don't make those, but the, in those situations, whereas as a senior, you have those prior experiences and that allows you to make the shot. I so. bet that person's going to be Marcus Bolden for Duke. He's going to be the oldest person on the team next year. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they won't so, have a senior night next year. I just keep thinking like back to, I was thinking of the Oregon game where we missed, I was like, who who missed these free throws? Was it Kennedy Meeks and Joel Kennedy and then Joel and Joel? They missed four straight free throws. It's like, like those were our veterans, correct? Like, mm-hmm. but it's like at the same time we wouldn't have been able to win that game without without them. It's a, it's a so two sided like, sword. Yeah. Uh, so like, and so I, I, I understand a, a big offensive saying, rebound from Kennedy and then yes. another big offensive rebound from mm-hmm. Theo. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I just I feel like if. I don't know. I think that you could say veteran leadership isn't there if, say, Kennedy lost his composure, and that's why he missed the free throws. And like, who's but the, like, who's if the, he just misses yeah. them because he's not a good free throw shooter, then that's something different. Like, who's who is the, the who is the leader of that Kentucky team? Like Gabriel. It's not Knox. He was the best player, but he wasn't their leader. Cal. <laughs> but that shouldn't be the case. He's not on the court. Like when when things go wrong. Like, who do you turn to? Like, if, like, for UNC, I know, like, when things are going terribly, like, I want the ball in Joel Berry's hands. Like, that's just, that's just the fact. Like, I'd want Theo passing. Like, I'd want, like, it'd probably be a mix of Theo and, and Joel, depending on the situation. But ultimately, I would say Joel. And I think something like that is how I envision senior leadership, where when things aren't going wrong, the team turns to this guy to show them that they don't need to panic. And I just don't think they didn't have that. Yeah. And they usually don't value it or not. It matters. We need to wrap up college basketball talk, (laughs) wrap it up. Uh, so let's get to some stuff we didn't get to last week. Uh, NFL free agency has started and moves have been made. Yeah. The Browns made a big splash. You can call it it two weeks ago. Money moves. Two weeks ago. We, uh, we did some good things. We got Tyrod Taylor and, Jarvis Landry, and we didn't give up that much. We gave up, what, like a third and a fifth and a sixth or something like that? Something like that. And now we have our bridge quarterback. We got a stud at wide receiver. We signed Carlos Hyde for a pretty good contract. Things are looking pretty good for the Browns. I think that Tyrod Taylor is better than the bridge quarterback. Well, I I don't disagree, but he's not your franchise quarterback. I don't think. So what, still 1-15, 0-16? Maybe 2-15. Do 2-14. and, 15. Two and uh, 14. Give me an over-under of 3. Give me the over. <laughs> what did I'm you, sticking what, my hand out what, right now. What was your thing last year? What was the record you said you were going to be? 19-0. I have realistic expectations this year. <laughs> well, hold on. Wait, you're saying you're admitting you're delusional. No comment. <laughs> I still got my hand out for anyone that wants, wants to take the bet. What was Never the bet again? Sports. What's the bet? Over-under 3. I'll give you three and a half. On what? Wins. No, but I'm saying, like, what is the bet? Uh, 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 You're just making... (laughs) He gets out of his paper bag. 
Yeah, double or nothing. Yeah, that means that the whole next NFL season will have been finished. <laughs> David hand. goes to his class and has to wear a paper bag during a rehearsal. Take your hand away. <laughs> Y'all know I'm right. Yeah, okay. Whatever. So take the bet. We're, we're trying not to encourage bad yeah. behavior. You, you're already destructive with your betting tendencies. We're not going to enable your uh, your bad habits. So, in other news, I think uh, Tennessee Titans have definitely made some splashes of our own, uh, becoming the Tennessee Patriots, <laughs> because we have signed Malcolm Butler uh, and Dion Lewis from New England squad. Is your coach from the Patriots too? Well, it's Mike Vrabel who played for them. Played for the Patriots. John okay. Robinson was GM for them and was on their staff. He's definitely trying to bring the culture there, which yeah, Patriot South. It is. I mean, it'll be a th- it'll be one thing like to see these moves, but it'll be another thing to see how they actually work in this in our system rather than theirs. But I like it. I like the moves. Malcolm Butler is an excellent cornerback. Mm-hmm. He sat out the Super Bowl, and I think it made it was very clear uh, his absence. Because if he played that game, I don't think the Eagles are as successful as they I mean, are. then Nick Foles only throwing to one side of the field. Yeah. And that's without him on it. So To an already suspect defense. So, I, I, and I think Malcolm has a lot to prove, and I think he's going to do that on our squad. And we're definitely a squad that's going to need that because the AFC South has some gunslingers, honestly, whether they're good or not. I mean, we got Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, uh, Blake Bortles. I mean – uh, and pass defense was one of our struggles last year, and so it definitely fills one of those holes. Deion Lewis is going to come basically take uh, DeMarco's spot, uh, and hopefully will allow Derek to become more of a power runner now, whereas Deion Lewis can be our third down back and flip it other way because, I mean, Derek was getting a lot more touches, and he was doing well with them, but now we have someone like Deion who can come in and do those instead. Um, the Panthers signed Dontari Poe. From the Falcons, Falcons. yeah, Falcons. Which is a good signing, a big signing after but losing the, Star. But aren't you conflicted because he came from Georgia? I don't care. Win games <laughs> as long as he but can still play. I thought I'm your hate fine. for the Falcons is to the core. If if he wins games, I will forget very quickly. Um, as long as he's not an inside agent. We also we tried to sign number um, Sean Breland. Uh, he failed his physical, so he wasn't able to come over. But we signed a corner today. I think. Did we? I think so. Either today or yesterday. Y'all got Denoris from us. We got Denoris from Seriously? Former Titan and Tar Heel. Yeah, he came to the facility dressed in all Carolina stuff. (laughs) We also signed Tori Smith. Wait, Carolina Tar Heels or Panthers? Tar Heels. Okay. Even more than Don Tar, I think that's my favorite pick. Tori Smith from the Eagles. Yeah. And uh, Jarius Wright from the Vikings, who admittedly I don't know that much about, but... I saw and love that the Jets signed the one in fifteen Browns quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. <laughs> they have Josh McCown, right? Was he our quarterback? What? You don't even remember. I think so. Your list is so. Uh, long Isaiah Crowell and Terrell Pryor. Those are their three big signings from free agency. Um, other things around the league very quickly. Um, the Bills to replace Tyrod got AJ McCown, uh, McCarron. Good lord. AJ McCarron, which is interesting. Um, the Ravens got Michael Crabtree, which again interesting. To d- oh, the Bears got a Rob. 
Brock Osweiler will be replacing Jay Cutler as interception thrower for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the C, uh, Seahawks lost um, Richard Sherman to the 49ers, 49ers. In, in division. That's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And That's Aqib Tlaib also got traded to the 49ers, so we're still going to get Crabtree Tlaib Part 3. That chain's coming off. <laughs> <laughs> the, the chain snatching. The the chain slinging. <laughs> snatcher. That's my chain. The chain slinging snatcher. <laughs> Uh, My grandmama gave me that chain. So yeah, that's the info free agency just getting started. We have a a long ways to go before the start of the season. Even though I am feeling very optimistic about the draft, which is still like a month away, I always forget how late the draft is. I will still have the paper bag at the ready, just to be safe. You still need to wear the paper bag for losing the bet. This I mean, season. yeah, that's true. I got a movie corner. Do it. What you want. You want a timer? Nah, I'm good. Uh, it wasn't that good. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler I, alert. Jeez. I saw A Wrinkle in Time, directed by Ava DuVernay. Um, it was... <laughs> it was... The acting, minus the little, little kid, was pretty good. The directing, at times, is pretty good. The visuals are pretty good. The sum of the parts was not very good. It was just... The last half of the movie, or the last third of the movie, was very like the book, and that's when it was the best. Mm-hmm. They left a lot of things out. Um, do you remember... Did you ever read the book? I did read the book. You remember like the centaur people on the one planet? They aren't in the movie. Oh, okay. The, I'm, you're asking me to think back a while. Yeah, yeah. So it was a while ago. The, the thing about the world building in this movie is that I really don't care to visit any of these planets. That's unfortunate. Like, they were very nondescript. They all kind of looked the Just same. Kinda, yeah, that's kind of disappointing. Like, man. the visuals were cool, but then, like, when there was actually story happening, I was like, I mean, this is kind of just a field. And it was it was kind of disappointing. I think the message is really good. I mm-hmm. think it was it's very powerful to have a black director with a young black girl with natural hair talking about the, the flaws that she quote unquote flaws that she sees in herself as like a central part of the movie. Um, I can see this being like a very solid like ABC Family Sunday afternoon. Okay, yeah, okay, movie. I can, I see what you mean. Like it, it wasn't bad. Like I, like I watched the whole movie. I thought a little bit was boring, but you know, I think it was like a perfectly fine like. So, it, do you think that it's good for kids? Yes, like, is it a, for okay. sure? For sure, I think that for the most part, I think that movies don't give kids enough credit. I think this movie can be included in that, but I think that the message that it has for kids is definitely there. It was it was made for kids. It was not made for me. Okay. I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 41% from critic. Let me click on this. Uh, uh, it's 41% approval, but 5.1 out of 10 is the average rating okay. the last time I checked. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. you know, you take what you can get. And it just looks like such a, it's like such a good cast that it's like, oh yeah, Chris Pine was great by the way. Yeah, he was great in this movie, and so was um, Cuckoo and Bathura was was pretty great. How was Oprah? 
<laughs> Mindy Kaling's all, also yeah, she's Mindy also Kaling and Reese Witherspoon are also in it. This is like a slight spoiler, not really, because it's in the first act of the movie. At one be point, honest with yourself, you're not going to see it. Whoever's listening to this, Oprah was like 60 feet tall, and I was like, oh look, there's Oprah's ego in <laughs> making a cameo in this movie. <laughs> oh, but it's great. Like the slender, she was in the. It was the perfect role for her. Like it was. She was pretty much like God in the movie. And I was like, this is, yeah, I can see it. You get some magic and you get some magic and you get some magic. <laughs> it was, um, she was great. Like I said, the acting was pretty good. Um, besides the little kid. Oh, that poor, that poor kid. That, I don't like, like ripping apart ch- child actors as a casting problem, but <laughs> like we can do it. Go for it. No, just like no, re- no remorse. There Come was, on. there is a time in the movie where he was like, he was having the time of his life because, like, he, spoiler alert, turns evil for, like, five minutes. And you can tell, like, the direction that they gave him was, you are now an evil supervillain. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was amazing. It was great. But he goes, bam. <laughs> it was... There were some unintentionally funny parts in this movie, but I thought it was... What's your score? I think I gave Justice League like a 6.2. I'll give this like a 6, the same, like a 6.2, 6.25. It was, it was fine. There were parts I really, really enjoyed and parts that I was laughing at in the movies that weren't supposed to be funny. So we want to discuss this in Movie Corner? Or do we still have, do we have to get on the questions? Uh, Our, no, we have time to talk about. I just, I just thought of something when you were talking about child acting. It's going backwards to college basketball, but what are your thoughts? Uh, what are y'all's thoughts on the networks showing crying children? And what are uh, your thoughts on them showing crying adults? Well, I can tell you this. Um, in the last two minutes of the Texas A&M game, all the cameras were on us. There's this one lady who was pointing the camera at us, and I had to look up because I did start welling up a little bit. And I'm like, I'm not about to get caught on this camera. No memes. <laughs> I'm not about to become a meme. See, no I, memes. I, I, don't, I wouldn't have a problem with being memes. But also, like, we're adults. I think it's fair for them to put cameras on us. A kid? I don't know. Because you can't expect them to have the same sort of self-control in those situations. Prime example, Northwestern kid last year. I also don't think it's fair for... I feel like a lot of adults don't take children's emotions seriously. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because like in the, life, everything is relative. And so for the kid, that could be the saddest they've ever been. That's yeah. why babies cry all the time, because it's the worst pain they've ever felt. So I think... But then I don't know where I land on that with the showing crying kids. I just think it's important to keep that in perspective that like child emotions are like real and valid things. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of child emotions are treated, no matter what, is treated as an annoyance. Yeah. Or or over exaggerated. For sure. But it's all they know. So I know it's an interesting conversation. Yeah. I don't think there's a right answer because. You want to have fair coverage, and but but I don't. Do I, I also don't think that that necessarily means that you have to show crying kids if you show yeah. crying adults. I don't know if that. I agree. That means that it's fair. Yeah. But also, when CBS said that they were doubling down on showing crying kids, 
I saw on the college basketball subreddit a one shining moment made of just oh, no. crying kids for March Madness, and it was horrible, but it was it's so funny. funny. It it's was hilarious. Um, let's talk about this. Was that the video that I said I was going to show you? Yeah, I didn't see it. So, I mean, I didn't. Uh, there was. I forget every time I say I'm going to show someone a video. That's probably it. Let's let's do this Disney bracket. Yeah. Oh, are we doing it right now? We're yes. Keeping in March Madness, we got. Okay. Brackets. Are we filling it out all the way or? No, no, I would say pick Final Four and then Champion. Yeah, Final Four from each region. So I retweeted. Wait, the, did you read? I retweeted it from the show Twitter. Yeah. Okay, I'll put. I'll put it up. I think you mean someone retweeted it from the show Twitter. We don't know who runs the account. Yeah, I'll bleep that out. <laughs> I will not bleep that out because it'll no. still be obvious. Yeah. No, bleep it out. <laughs> Do it. I mean, okay. Um, we got to keep the illusion alive. <laughs> so I guess we're going to pick a final four, uh, pick one from each region. Mm-hmm. Do we, are we going to put them on here or let them read them? Oh, did, did somebody already say that this is terribly seated? Oh, it, yeah. It is. This is the worst seating ever. Y'all can look I at I try not to think of seed. Like, honestly, I'm, th- I'm especially because mine are pretty clear. Like, I'm just taking them all and it's basically a free for all because I have a clear one for all of them except one part of the bracket. I'm not going to read these out because it's a lot to read. Yeah. So I'm just going to take it on good faith that you're looking at this with us. Um, so somebody put together a Disney Pixar movie bracket. I can go ahead and give my final four. I'm just going to do it I'm like impulsively. Yeah. Um, in the top left region, I'm going to take um, The Lion King. Bottom left, I'm going to take Beauty and the Beast. Bottom right, I'm going to take The Incredibles. Top right... I'm going to take Toy Story 2. For me, top left, give me Lion King. Bottom left, give me Beauty and the Beast. I'll go bottom right because I want to come in the same order as you, but that feels out of order to me. Bottom right, I'll take Monsters, Inc. And top right, I'll take Toy Story original. Really, Monster Sync over Incredibles and Wally. I love, I love. Bottom right was hard. They're, they're all hard for me. I love Pixar, but bottom right was hard for me. Ratatouille's really good. Nemo's really good. Monsters Inc is really good. Is that the original Cars? Yes. Cars is really good. Best Incredibles is really good. Wally's really good. Cars is the best sports movie. Don't at me. See for me, but I I I love Monsters Inc. and also it kind of has a nostalgia factor because if I remember correctly, that's the first movie I ever saw in theaters. Yeah, so that like kind of automatically gives that one to me. Do uh, Kansas up one five to go? Oh God, I don't like that. I know. Um, um I think it's unfair that they see the Incredibles versus Wally. I don't think they yeah. should be in the that, same region. So I think bad. that the the top left and the bottom left regions are weak, and the top. Right and bottom right regions are really strong. Yeah. Except for the the top left was, I think, the hardest one for me because I, I I love Tarzan, but Lion King comes out of that bracket for me. Uh, bottom left, I take Mulan. The top right, I take Toy Story. And the bottom right, I'm the only one, especially when in this group, I think among most of the people in this bracket, I have a Cinderella of sorts in my final four. Cinderella's not in this bracket. 
but I have a bug's life as my. Fun, as <laughs> Tell me that wasn't my good, Colby. That Tell part. me that wasn't good. But no, just to repeat, <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. To repeat, I have a bug's life <laughs> in that bottom right corner. I have Toy Story narrowly beating a bug's life because Bug's Life was one of the first movies I ever saw. Oh, we're going to the championship. Yeah, so I've in my championship I have. Wait, did David go? No, no. I have. To- oh, I still have. I haven't done my championship. We no, didn't either. We just did Final Four. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, top left, I have Lion King coming out. Bottom left, I have. Um, ooh, I'm gonna say Mulan. Bold claim. Good movie. Bold claim. Top right, I'll go up. Wait, what did you say? I missed it. Mulan. Mulan. On the I, I, I have Mulan out of mind. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. It is a good, it movie. Is a good movie. Top right, I got up coming out of there. Bottom right, I have The Incredibles. Mulan is a really good movie, but like Beauty and the Beast is... I think you could say that that's the quintessential Disney movie. Like I said, this is subjective. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah there's is, not a right answer because I'm I'm evaluating these by my personal childhood experiences watching these movies, not necessarily like how because like that's how I do with Star Wars too. Like I have a list of what are my favorite, and I also have a list of what are the best ones. Yeah, and I think there's it's different because otherwise Beauty and Beast is up there because it's one of the classics. I kind of mix mine. So go ahead and do your championship because I got to think about this. Am I picking the winner? Yeah. Okay. I have. Do, who makes the championship and then who wins the I have, championship? I have Toy Story coming out of the right side, narrowly beating A Bug's Life. And I have Mulan. Oh, God, so narrowly beating. Like, that's overtime or a double overtime with Lion King. And Mulan hits like a game winner to make the championship. <laughs> but in the championship, they just falter because Toy Story is my favorite Disney Pixar movie of all time. I'm a Toy Story kid. And I, I think Toy Story is the best Pixar series of all time because my biggest argument going to any Disney store for the last 20 years, there's one section of that store that has been in there for the past 20 years and consistently in its toy story. Is there even a debate on that toy story is the best oh, Pixar series? I didn't know. I thought there might be like some frozen people trying to yell at me oh, or some get out of here. Series? Not, yeah. not you get I, out of here. I'm, them get out I'm here. happy we're all in accord because toy story is the best. Toy Story uh, is well, the, the best I, I'm series. Not, we will I'm see not, when necess- we get I'm to I'm not necessarily end. saying it's the best movie, but it's the best series. Yes. The only one... That, I mean, the only other two that I think could even compare at all, because I don't think either of the other movies in a more weak are Monsters, Universe, Monsters Inc. and Finding Nemo. Because I think both of those had very strong sequels. Yeah, I mean, because honestly, most of these aren't even really series or standoffs. Cars had... Cars 2 was bad. Cars 3 I really liked, but I thought Cars 2 was bad. It was okay. And it hurt the series. Uh, and am then I, the other ones just aren't really serious. Am I up next? Sure. It doesn't matter. Cool. So I got... So uh, between Lion King and Mulan... It's really hard. That's tough. I'm going to go Lion King for that one, which is not a terribly... Uh, I feel like nobody's like really given Aladdin any love. Like I've, Out of all the things I've seen about this, like no one really is, like mentions Aladdin. No one mentioned Hercules either, or Little Mermaid. Well, when you're doing this kind of bracket, like you're always going to leave something off. That's well. I think that there is a fair selection of weaker movies on here, yeah. like Princess and the Frog. I'm not a Frozen fan. Pocahontas is a weaker one. Nightmare Before Christmas is good, but weaker. Can I finish my bracket? 
Yeah, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> there are weak movies on here, so it's yes. good movies are getting mm-hmm. left out of the conversation. It's not like they're just getting left out because it's, it's oversaturated. I there are bad movies on there. Before Christmas on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a horrible movie, in my opinion. What? Oh, my God. I've never get seen it, this, but... Get out of here, man. I've seen bits and pieces. Do you guys think that's a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? Why not both? We're Why not we having this. Say, say, you, David, say, David you could, say you could only watch it on October 31st or on December 25th. That's a dumb thing to say. Yeah, that is a dumb thing to say. <laughs> well, it's hypotheticals. <laughs> we have to fill time now that sport. Now that Carolina basketball is done. I'm helping fill time. I will amend. I don't, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just could care less about watching it. I think it's a great movie. Finish your... Anyway. I think it's a Halloween movie. Between... Nobody asked you. Well, I <laughs> asked and no one answered. <laughs> I didn't want to leave it unanswered in case someone <laughs> wanted to know what our answer was. It's okay. Nobody cared either. Uh, between... Put up, it in the poll camera. <laughs> between Up and The Incredibles, I'm going with The Incredibles. And then in the in the championship round, Lion King versus The Incredibles. Hmm. I'm going to say that Lion King gets UNC'd and <laughs> The Incredibles is Villanova. And I'm going to go with Incredibles. Jack, Jack, for the championship. <laughs> I think, so for me, I'm basing this on what I actually, like I'm trying to take nostalgia out of it and judging it on what I think is a better movie. So in Beauty and the, v- Beauty and the Beast versus The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast got nominated for best picture <laughs> it's hard to deny that so I, i'm gonna take beauty and the beast coming out of the left but toy story 2 and the incredibles i think the incredibles is the best fantastic four movie so i'm gonna take <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna take the incredibles well, it's kind of five it was jack jack <laughs> doesn't count oh so silver surfer uh, <laughs> duke's up one yeah i know i'm seeing it and then your championship? Championship, we have oh, Beauty and the Beast versus The Incredibles. That's hard. That's really hard for me because I think that there are as good of a movie, and I really think that Beauty and the Beast is a great, great movie. As good of a movie it is, I think you can poke little holes in it. I cannot find a weak point in The Incredibles, so I'm going to go with The Incredibles. I've been thinking since you, since I said my final four, I've been thinking about what is going to win. And it's really hard because I'm judging it completely on which movie would I choose to watch. And I'm completely nostalgia filled, but I think that they, my final four are Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Toy Story, and uh, Monsters, Inc. And I, what? Big alley-oop from as a bouquet. (laughs) Kansas did I just get interrupted? Did they yes. get 69? Nice. Because <gasps> I saw it was 68, 67. I, I was just going to say that. Well, I, I don't know if I want to say now I know how it feels because I'm still going to interrupt people on here whether I want to or not. But I'm sorry. You can't you, say sorry, I'm the only Cody, one who you, interrupts. You, how's the game going? It's nice. It's nice. All right, so, awesome. <laughs> Maverick, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm you sorry. want me to press this mute button? Sorry, who? In a couple press minutes, that mute, I might mute be happy button. or I might <laughs> be mad. I'm going to slap that ball head of yours, boy, if you turn that mute button on. Did you mute it? No. Okay. Okay. What? Do you I'll, you I'll, 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 I'll get, your statement. I was getting ready to stand up. 
Okay, so, anyways, I'm completely nostalgia-filled, and I'm not a movie critic at all, but I think that they're all masterpieces. And so it was very hard for me, and still is very hard for me, because I'm still actively deciding which ones I want to pick. I think in my championship game, I would have Lion King and Toy Story. Every decision is hard at this point. I don't know. Lion King is a really good movie. But Toy Story was my favorite movie growing up. I think that I would have to take Toy Story to win it all. It's uh, it's too good. Yeah. Like, like how Lion King and Beauty and the Beast are the quintessential Disney movies. Toy Story is the Pixar movie. Yeah. I just realized, was it uh, Disney on the left and Pixar on the right? It could have. Because my left was Disney, Disney. My right was Pixar, Pixar. Yes, it was Disney, Disney, Pixar, Pixar. That makes sense why the Disney side's weaker, because Disney has smash hits, but it also has fails, whereas there's not really a bad Pixar movie. Um, Cool. So who are our champions? Toy Story. Toy Story. Uh, I had Incredibles. Incredibles. (laughs) (laughs) I said Incredibles. And then next week, we're going to do our Universal bracket oh my god our dreamworks and then bracket. yeah our dreamworks bracket well, Shrek's and then, gonna win that anyway and then we're gonna have the champions of those minions is gonna win Excuse illumination me. animation is gonna get they don't get to talk <laughs> um they aren't invited to the table i invited them they're at my table all right let's get to some twitter questions wait they're universal though are they because at universal studios there's a minion ride well the studio is illumination I thought you would know this. Well, I do know that it's Illumination because uh, Bob goes, Illumination, before the movie. But it's at Universal Orlando. So it's somewhat under the Universal umbrella. At Michael Cohen 1995 <laughs> asks, do you think, have we answered this Infinity War live up to the hype? We answered it on Twitter, but not on not a podcast. Or is it so, so ambitious that it'll fail? Have we answered this? Did we answer this? I don't know. The Infinity War question? I'm fine with answering it again. We talked about Infinity War. Well, y'all talked about Infinity War. I didn't because I don't watch superhero movies really, but y'all talked about it already for a while, I think. You can do a quick answer again. My quick answer is I think the floor is that it will be okay. Mm-hmm. If it lives, if it if it's better than Age of Ultron, I'll, I'll feel fine about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Better than Age of Ultron, I'll take all day, every day. Because good Lord, that was a mess. At times, even... Age of Ultron is like a fine movie. It's like, okay, it's fine. but I mean, like I was disappointed, so it's like we're all. Hello? just... I'm <laughs> not. I'm sitting here because I can't see the screen. No, don't move it. I don't care. I don't want to <laughs> see the screen. I'll live. We're all watching you do Kansas game. Um, it's, Kansas. You're talking about Age talking. of Ultron. Oh, that, that's all I had to say about it. About <laughs> I feel like with this many, I, th- I feel like it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I just hope it doesn't fall victim to being uh, overcrowded. I think, that, if anything, it's going to do that. I think we're going to have a couple, like, um, oh, that's really, really, really cool moments. Yeah. Which, sure, I'll take that. I mean, that's what Civil War was. I don't think that Civil War is a fantastic, cohesive movie, but I think it had a bunch of moments where I was like, this is what I came here to see. So we'll see. We will see. Um, Annie Rindle from at Annie underscore Rindle asks, who's your favorite classical composer? 
Y'all can start with this one. Uh, host for me. Host, nice. Yeah. I was going to say host. I love host. the planets. I'll go host. Well, someone has to have something different. I'll say... Know, I'll ha- the planets is let le- me, is let me look through my... Let me look through my... Uh, my music and I'll see. Um, I think... Can we, can we do like regular? Because I think Percy Granger is probably my favorite. Component. Granger's good. Um, Granger is fantastic. Lincolnshire Posey is probably my favorite. That's one of my favorite things I've ever... Ever. Copeland is also fantastic. Played. I think that... Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Can you search by genre on oh, Apple Music? got overtime. This game yeah. just went to overtime and, do, and Grayson almost... He almost did it. <laughs> he, almost, he almost did it to him. <laughs> oh, man. My heart's beating out of my chest. Um... I played first sweet in E flat yeah, I love that from host so um, for MPA my senior year um, on tuba. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was one of the best pieces I've ever played. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to go with a second suite is great too. WC. I feel Good like choice. I can, his, like I can listen to his music at any point in time. It's so relaxing. Like it's just, it's just so good. Um, Chopin. Chopin is great too. Yeah. Great what about favorite jazz artist? I have an easy answer for mine. I am so oversaturated still with jazz for my <laughs> my jazz class last semester. I don't think I've listened to any jazz. Since I have class. a favorite individual and a favorite like a favorite individual artist and a like as a performer and a favorite as a composer. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, as a performer, like I mean, it's kind of cheap. I love Wynton Marsalis. Mm-hmm. Wynton Marsalis is is just. Both classically and as a jazz player. Well, yeah, he's classically trained. Yeah, no, exactly. But I'm saying as a classical player and yeah. jazz player, like he's he's ridiculous. Yeah, he's I have an ridiculous. I have a bunch of uh, records, and one of them is Wynton Marsalis playing classical trumpet, and it's just incredible how good he is at classical when he's debatably the best jazz trumpet in the world. Him, Arturo was one of my. Yeah, it's between either it's either between Arturo and Miles Davis. Good choice. My all-time favorite jazz performer is Chet Baker. He is my trumpet idol. And my fa- my favorite composer slash arranger is Stan Kenton. I love progressive jazz. I'm a slave for progressive jazz. A sucker for progressive jazz. The weather report, screw it all. Um, <laughs> from... Love Kinsey, that's a great name. At McKenzie Cook. Name. Oh, Kinsey sorry, I forgot Cook. to say. Oh, yeah. As a performer, uh, Paul Desmond on saxophone is fantastic. If you don't know who that is, go listen to uh, Take Five. The piece Take Five. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, last question from Love Love Kinsey at McKenzie underscore Cook underscore. Uh, underscore. <laughs> underscore. Was Draco Malfoy good or bad? Looking at you, David, you Snape sympathizer. I'm not going to be slandered on this podcast f- from Twitter. I am still on book five. So, like, I know how it ends and everything. Okay. Like, I've seen all the movies, but I'm only, like, I'm still in the in the thick of it. Snape wasn't perfect, but he wasn't a bad person, okay? Um, He's still, like, he is terrible to Harry. He's a jerk. For but no, he's not a bad person. For no reason. He's projecting his anger for James on him. Yeah. Jerk for no reason means bad person. Not always. He has a reason. He has issues. It's his kid. <laughs> Get over it. 
That might not be the best reason, but it's a reason. It is a reason. I think it's a dumb reason. But is Draco Malfoy good or bad? That's a good question. Does I that think, mean, like, at his core, is he a good person or a bad person? I, I think, think he's a victim. Of, I think he's a product of circumstance. I agree. I think that if you reverse the roles of Harry and Draco, Draco would have probably turned out to be a good person. Like, yeah. if he had a better upbringing. Both Harry and Draco seem to be very, like, what's the word? Uh, I don't want to say gullible. Like, they're they're influenced by other the people around them very very easily. Honestly. Yeah, they're very they're very influenced by the people around them, and so I think yeah, if the roles were reversed. I feel like yeah, that like probably would Harry be. freaking worshipped Dumbledore. Yeah, mm-hmm. like to an unhealthy. Same with Sirius. Same with Lupin. Like whenever somebody is nice to Harry, yeah. <laughs> but you're on book five, and, yeah. and that makes sense. Do you need any spoilers for for six hundred? He said, "Oh no, I know." Yeah, I've seen all the movies. Yeah. He says he knows the yeah. defining moment. In my opinion, spoiler alert for for Harry Potter, <laughs> it's it's the tower. And yeah, so he did not kill Dumbledore, and I think that's that tells you all you need to know about Draco Malfoy at his core. Well, like, you could make the argument that he's a coward, and that's he, he would, would play, play zone, zone. <laughs> desert island. <laughs> I still need to bring that up. I feel like we should end that topic there. Yeah, that's fine <laughs> with that's me. Fine with me. We gotta watch this game. Um, trivia recap: We lost. Oh well. Um, anything else from this week? Uh, yeah. On Friday night, we were hanging out and we were playing whatever it's called. Flash <laughs> and uh, we were playing um, Fibbage and faking it. Faking it. Whatever the one we were playing, the bracket, one the, the one with the faker. Yeah, we were playing faking it. Yeah, faking it. We were playing that and. One, if you don't know how it works, someone is a faker and everyone has things that they're told to do on their phones and the faker it just has to fake it. And the one thing that we had was point to the person who you'd most want to be stranded with on a desert island. And I pointed to Colby and Colby pointed to me and I was so happy. But then I said, and then you have to guess who's faking. And I said, it's too good to be true. No one who knows me as well as Colby does would actually want to be stranded on a desert island with me. And so I guess that he was the faker and he ended up being the faker and I'm still shook. But I got away. I almost got away with it. I did get away with it. I'm still shook. <laughs> That's a fun game. It's a fun game. All right. Uh, one last thing. Again, we have merch. Buy it or one sticker. Buy our <laughs> buy, the sticker. Buy our one laptop sticker. It looks great. If you have other designs, tweet them at us. Uh, at never made uh, pod. Yeah. <laughs> I never made pod. Um, anything else? My spring break is next week, and I'm living. If so, we're kind of coming up to the part of the year where we're trying to figure out what we want to talk about. Um, it's almost Mount Rushmore season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the magic box of content. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't want us to turn into terrible um, summer sports radio, so give us to something to talk about. And Would LeBron still be the best player in the NBA if he was wearing flip-flops? <laughs> so if you want to find us, you can find us on Never Made Varsity. Nope, that's not our uh, URL anymore. Good lord! Yeah, this is. I keep, we are a mess right now. This is bad. This is really bad. March Madness, everybody. Okay, is he crying? He fouled out. Yeah, is he crying though? <laughs> Come on, man. 
We need to finish watching the end of this, <laughs> end of this Duke Kansas game. Um, so if you want to find us, you can find us at tinyurl.com slash never made varsity. Leave us a five star rating and a review on iTunes. Anything you like or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at never made pod. Thank you, Jake, for the theme music. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.